This was it. The final push. We knew this case had some shit left in store for us. Miss Amazon didn't match the dossier Shannon had dropped on our desk six weeks ago. She was determined to find the truth, come Hades or Hercules. So we packed for a trip to Mexico. Two horses for Shannon and I, and John on a burrow for highly specific reasons. The end of this case was waiting south of the border. Hi, my name's Matthew. And I'm John. And I'm Shannon. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Alright, it's the big one. Number one, Wonder Woman. With a grandiose World War I combat display here. Not, doesn't necessarily have to be uh, World War I, however, there are definitely horses. Yeah, but there's also like the Doughboy hats from World War I that are kind of more iconic for 19 certainly more iconic i'm not sure they were actually outmoded the british looked like that the british certainly did the americans, yeah, the americans did which is the weird part it's like here, she's yeah. with the americans emphatically and those are british outfits yeah. well, those are british north africa corps uniforms so obviously this is wonder woman number one we we're going back a little bit in time just so that we can kind of cover everything in a more coherent storyline which may or may not have been a good idea depending on what is in this and how you view the chronological story of Wonder Woman. Regardless, Wonder Woman astride a majestic white stallion fighting Nazis in a trench. That's a that's a good picture right there. We'll be sure to is show you Is she jumping guys. into the trench with the horse? Which is a terrible that idea. That horse is going to... Also, let the record show, that is only the second worst place that she's having a horse jump in this right. issue. We go into kind of a dramatis personae sort of a thing with Wonder Woman where... It is a description of who she is, and you see four different gods. Athena, Aphrodite, Hercules, and Mercury. Hercules being the only one that isn't really a god. He's sort of a demigod. Kind of, it kind of skirts that line occasionally in Greek mythos. And it's he rejects worth... his godhood to be with Meg. Right. But more to the point, this little uh, excerpt does talk about his ascension to godhood. But here's the question. So mm-hmm. we know uh, uh, beauty of Aphrodite, strength of Hercules, speed of Mercury, and uh, wisdom of Athena. Wisdom of Athena. Yes, thank you. Uh, Not I'm wisdom of this. Apollo, which is weird because Apollo is ver- the god of wisdom. Eh, Athena is the Athena god of the being goddess. smart. I feel like I read somewhere it may that be Apollo, wisdom and Apollo was the god. Oh, okay, yeah. maybe that. So maybe. But one way or another, apparently Marston doesn't know either. Because let's think about this. How many times throughout here have we seen Hercules be a complete putz? Yeah, that's true. Why is strength of Hercules a compliment in here? He gets his ass kicked every single time. Well, just because he's strong doesn't mean he's a good tactician. Yeah, I mean, but why are they using Hercules as a compliment? Well, this is also the most beautiful Hercules gets portrayed at any point. That's not Hercules, that's Socrates. I would have said that's Zeus, straight off the bat. That's Mm. what normally I assume Zeus looks like. Because Hercules ends up resembling more like an animal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's true, as we will come to see, because this first story in Wonder Woman number one, which is obviously the summer periodical from 1942, we see a kind of retelling of the Wonder Woman origin, and it's kind of retconning itself in a very, very, very strange way and unnecessarily. So, obviously, it starts with Steve Trevor falling, kind of a different mission. He's chasing someone down, and he crash lands in the ocean. And even better, she starts out with the name Diana. Yes. Yep. She starts out named Diana now, as opposed to later, getting it after the tournament. It shows Steve Trevor crashing into the ocean, and then we kind of skip ahead, oddly enough, to the hospital that Wonder Woman uh, gives Steve Trevor to uh, Walter Reed, if you remember from the first episode that we did this in. 
She drops him off at the doctors and then bails. However, apparently Wonder Woman had a scroll on her that, that that kind of explains her entire life story as well as the life story of the Amazons. Like, she just had that on her. So I'm choosing to view it as, like, an intentional leak. Like, hey, we want to get the good word out about Amazon. So I just happen to have this ancient Greek papyrus. Oops, I let it drop into the hands of people who can right. apparently just read ancient Greek offhand. Right, and frankly, there's nothing on this scroll that is honestly hurtful to the amazons purely because it doesn't locate paradise island at yep. all so really they could just give this information because wonder woman would be happy to tell them this at, at any rate well maybe she knew that coming to america you need certain forms of identification and this is the closest to a birth certificate yeah this she is has. this is the closest thing that she has to like walking into ellis island and being like this is who i am i i want to see more like semi-mythical or like ancient noble uh characters having this equivalent because like all right so here's my lineage, blank begat, blank begat, blank, and I'm an American citizen. I could just imagine one of the gods being Modeled like... out of mud. Yeah. One of the <laughs> gods walking up. I uh, came out of my father's head. No. No, you can't come to America. Please leave. <laughs> just like, the guy just straight face like, I please leave. You're obviously either high or crazy and we don't want you. So... Obviously, these people are now reading the backstory of Wonder Woman, which basically just retells the story of Ares and... It looks like Aphrodite fighting over the world, saying that the women will conquer it and protect it, and the men will rule it with, you know, war and anger and chaos. And we just see kind of a story of Aphrodite giving the girdle to Hippolyta, and Hippolyta beating uh, Hercules. So we see Hercules losing to Hippolyta, and hatching a cunning plan of using, I guess, sex to fool her into getting the girdle, and he says, you know what, you're the better person, let's throw a celebration in your honor. They kind of, it looks like, almost sleep together until he asks, he's like, yo, that girdle's really super sweet, can I check it out? She goes, yeah, absolutely. She hands it to him, he goes, perfect, and then just, like, walks out and says, alright, everybody, just round him up. It's the most anticlimactic, like, betrayal ever. So, obviously, Hippolyta pleads with Aphrodite after her and her Amazons have been taken by Hercules and shackled up. Uh, or for, should I say Huncules, except not. Except not, because he's gross and his lion head looks like a monkey head there. It's a little weird. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't, I don't know It's not here. filled out, too. Like, the uh, the lion's head is, like, cut so that it's maybe, like, it looks three like, inches on either side of the spine. he's also wearing the lion tail. It looks like yeah, a monkey weird. with cat whiskers and the Donkey Kong hair lick curl. Wow. Yeah. I just blow your mind that he killed Donkey Kong and put him on his head. No. Okay, I didn't go there until you said it. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Aphrodite comes down, gives the Amazons their power back by saying, hey, remember, this is your punishment. If this ever happens to you again, you'll lose your powers. They meet back Hercules. They Guess sail. you're stuck with these bracelets. Yeah, you're, I hope you like to accessorize because this is it for you. <laughs> Which are literally called the bracelets of submission. Yeah. Yeah, so FYI, girls, bracelets make you submissive. Only if bound by chain. I don't know. They're bracelets of that's just what they're called the bracelets of submission like when when diane when diana gets them she receives her bracelets of submission when when shopping uh make sure that they are not bracelets of submission look in the fine print of the purchase (laughs) and make sure that those are not what you were buying just because that's not a cool thing and you know girl power and don't get the knockoff brand the bracelets of submissiveness yeah different thing (laughs) different thing probably for a more fun time regardless the Amazons sail and sail and sail. They find Paradise Island, and Hippolyta eventually decides that she would like a daughter. So she sculpts one out of clay and wishes for the gods, uh, specifically Diana, to give this little 
clay child life and the child comes to life and this is the creation myth that we're normally used to for mm-hmm. wonder woman and we see just a montage of wonder woman being super good at everything racing deer picking up trees praying and learning amazon stuff and, and then getting her bracelets clear. of submission yeah it's not clear what makes her better at this than any other amazon she because they're all be. made the same way correct well, well we, we actually see that the other amazons are made from clay like she is it's just suddenly everybody's super impressed by I how I don't remember she... seeing other Amazons made like this that. This might be the right. first Amazon made. Uh, here. Yes. So she forms the Amazons and breathes uh, love and life. But that is a god it. doing that, not Correct. Hippolyta. But so. why, why, does, why is uh, Diana so much more powerful than the other Amazons? I don't know. Maybe Diana has more power because she's the one that breathes life into it. Maybe she has more power than Aphrodite when it comes to this stuff. Well, maybe Nobody knows. it was more that the power was di- dispersed. So when hmm. Aphrodite did it, she did it all at once. And then this one, it was just a child's body. And it was just one. Yeah, that could be it. Lots of, so Diana is made from power concentrate. Yes. Yes. Lots of lots of ideas there. So eventually, Diana and I, I think it's Mala. Yep. Mm-hmm. Diana and Mala see Steve Trevor floating in the water the day that's uh, a couple days after Steve crashes. They pull him to shore, and oddly enough, Diana is the one that saves Steve here, not the doctor. Yeah. Diana develops a... some sort of purple healing wavelength ray thing that brings Steve back to life. Because Steve dies. Yes. And this purple light brings him back to life. It looks like she just has like a, what is it, a black light cathode tube? Yeah. But she just shines over him and she's like, yeah, this will do. And it works. And there you go. Steve is alive. And, and just like key. before, mm-hmm. she falls in love with him without ever having... Spoken to him, really having any conversations. Not that Steve is a bad dude. And probably she could fall in love with him because he's a nice guy and... Driven, but, but at this point, it's more of a Romeo and Juliet situation. What's almost even worse, though, is if someone was just jumping into Wonder Woman 1. Mm-hmm. They haven't even seen Steve's backstory, and they're seeing this daughter of the goddesses, essentially. Right. Madly in love with him. Right. If you've just if you've just picked up the Wonder Woman 1 magazine, you haven't picked up Sensation, you don't mm-hmm. really see any of the backstory, and that's correct. That would be, look really strange to the first-time reader. As we see now that Steve is awake, the doc tells... Hippolyta. Hippolyta is afraid that Diana is, of course, in love with Steve. And meanwhile, the gods are arguing over the fact that, you know, there's a world war going on. And Ares, now called Mars, which is the Roman version, and that's cor- that's incorrect as well. And the fact that they always call him Mercury instead of Hermes. God, I hate everything. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, Ares is arguing with Aphrodite, going like, haha, I'm winning because, you know, chaos is reigning the earth. And she's like, okay, hold on, I'm going to send somebody to stop this. And so she tells Hippolyta, you know, hey, pick a girl, we're going to send her to America. And <laughs> that's essentially that's a, it. I know, but that's a very strange way of saying it. Right. So Diana, obviously wanting to go to America to take Steve Trevor back, you know, does the whole disguise bit. She dresses up, she competes in the competition, lucky number seven, with her domino mask on. She wins the kangaroo jousting she not even kangaroo jousting which would make more sense it's kangaroo fencing right it's it's kind of yeah it's kangaroo fencing and then we see mala and fat sis wrestling so here's the thing it looks like fat sis like a fat sister but it's all one word so it's like fat sis um some weird body politic things happening here that are not okay um we see wonder woman being cool at getting out of lassos and lassoing people and obviously the bullets and bracelets situation happens again um except this time it's specifically mala and diana but mala loses 
Uh, Mala, I believe, if you remember from one of the previous episodes, is the is the Amazon who tries to follow Diana back to the world of men after she gets the lasso, and Diana says, "No, don't do that," and lassos right. her up, and and she says, "Okay." So we're just giving Mala more of a backstory now, making her like a childhood friend or just a pal. Um, I'm also curious about their number choices, where, as we know, Wonder Woman is always lucky number seven. Just remains true. Mm-hmm. But then you get her first foe is number 21, and then Mala is 12. Yep. Yeah. So maybe like, it's a decision or not. But Interesting digit choices. Yeah. So Wonder Woman obviously wins. She reveals herself to her mother. Her mother says, all right, well, I mean, I told you not to do it, but I guess now you get it. And we get my favorite panel of all time, which is literally Wonder Woman trying on the outfit and saying, Diana, like any other girl with new clothes... Cannot wait to try them on. Wah, wah. Not yeah. cool. Not yeah. cool. Just there's no way to there's no way to defend that. There's no other thing to say for that. Just like, come on, Marston. Really? Yeah. So obviously Wonder Woman is being given her gifts by her mother, which is of course the outfit, and she is given the lasso right off the bat now, instead of having to go back to Paradise Island and get the lasso. And, of course, she tries it out on the doctor and makes the doctor stand on her head and gets yelled at by her mother because she's like, hey, um, don't do that. Don't make fun of people's dignity and ruin it. Um, That's your one rule. And, of course, she goes, okay, sorry. She gets to Steve. Steve is, of course, awake, and he goes, wow, this is really great. Thanks, uh, my beautiful angel. He tells her, I was on a mission to find these guys. I was following them, and I ran out of fuel, and I crash-landed here. And she goes, okay, perfect. We'll just get that on the way. So they hop in the invisible jet. They fly back to America, but on their way, they find a Japanese pilot kind of sitting off on a small island. They rope him. They interrogate him. And the name that the uh, agent in San Francisco that they're, like, trying to interrogate him about is the most German name I've ever heard. Heinrich Fritz Uber. It's three, like, super German titles or things, and it's just really silly and funny. And it's just the fact that a Japanese guy is saying Heinrich Fritz Uber, like, with perfect pronunciation to me, is just really funny. Because they emphatically always spell people who don't speak English very well a certain way. So this guy must have perfect dictation when it comes to uh, other names. We see Steve in a hospital getting, uh, you know, Colonel Darnell's approval and going like, good job! And he goes, yeah, I didn't really do much, but yeah, cool, thanks. And then we see Diana... Immediately as a nurse, no Diana Prince uh, switcheroo going on here. My assumption is that happened off panel. Right, but we just don't see that, yeah. which is weird to me. She's also been established as this absolutely stunning, gorgeous woman, like one of the prettiest that the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. And she's pulling off the Superman thing. Literally, I have glasses on, yep. and my hair is up. You can't tell I'm Wonder Woman. Exactly, because it's just like the anime principle, when a girl takes off her glasses or when a guy takes off their glasses, they're immediately, like, have a different face instead of, like, those no, giant... No. First, they have to do the head shake. Right. And then they've got it. Exactly. Um, and, or there's those uh, stereotype uh, characters who have the giant spiral glasses and the big fat yeah, faces, but yeah. then when they take those glasses off, they're, like, super gorgeous. Yeah. It's, like, one of my favorite things that... I think that's in Sailor Moon. Like, the hanger-on friend that they have, who has, like, the big spiral glasses. Like, he actually gets them knocked off at one point and looks up, and all the girls are like... Because <gasps> he's, like, super good-looking. And they're just like, uh, whoa. And then he puts them back on, and they're like, huh. Okay. And that's... The, it's just, like, one second. Like, I guess it gets addressed in the comic, too, but I just thought that was funny. But that is the end of the first story in Wonder Woman number one. It's just kind of a recap with some retcon. Alright, so I want to really quickly, uh... Just, yay or nay... 
what pieces of the retcon do we like? Because there were a lot of things retconned in here. Some of them relatively small, but I think still kind of significant. Well, one of the things I like is that she got everything all at once. Yeah. She was given the lasso. She was, of course, already has her bracelets. We already start establishing what a fair majority of her actual skills are. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, it even gives us her weakness, the whole being bound by men with her bracelets. Unlike in the original ones where they end up going, oh, BT dub, flashback, you can't have this happen. Right. Alright, so, going through laundry list of things that I noticed that changed. Amazon's being formed by Clay rather than Amazon's being just human woman from birth. So, technically the human woman from birth is a give or take whether or not that was actually true. Mm. And on top of that, they never tell you how Diana came to be. So it's possible. For me, that's sort of an addition to the backstory, not necessarily a replacement. That's all. I don't mind it, mainly because it gets changed anyway in the New 52, and I like that story better. Mm. Plus, also in that version, Wonder Woman is the love child between Zeus and Hippolyta. She's not breathed life into Mm. as Clay. But they explained that that's a story that Hippolyta told Diana to to keep her from her true birth. But... I digress. So I think we all agree that we like that Diana is a name given mm-hmm. that is actually her name her instead name. of yeah. Right. Okay. So good retcon on that. Diana actually does things to help Steve heal. Positive, negative. Negative. Ah. Uh... I don't like her being good at everything. It means that she doesn't struggle with stuff, or that she like it was a conflict for her to watch someone else have to take care of Steve. But then it gives more sense that she's actually trained in nursing you can for be, the brief period of time you can be trained a in a, as a nurse but at this point she's smarter than superman and making science gadgets that bring people back to life i would yeah, be okay with weird. i would be okay with her being a nurse if again if if he'd never I, died and she didn't have to bring him back yeah, to life i think it's totally fine that she nursed him i do agree that her inventing something it wasn't just using something that they already had it was literally an invention of diana's to bring Steve back from death, that probably did go a bit right. far. It almost makes her too powerful. I'm going to choose to disagree specifically because that, without that, the only decision that she really makes in the origin story is to join the tournament. This is actually her having some agency and having some effectiveness. I do like her saving him. Yeah. I think it would have been great if she just nursed him back to health. Mm-hmm. Just a, a but to uh, taking pardon the pun, step. but a superhuman effort to keep him alive. Really, yeah. really what it comes down to, it wouldn't be a problem if Steve didn't die. Yeah. That's really the, the issue. It's not so much that she has an active hand in helping him, it's so much that they kill Steve death. Trevor. Hmm. And if they don't kill him, then she's just nursing him back to health, and then I don't have a problem with it. But the fact that she defies the laws of death is stupid. Perhaps, I don't know, I kind of like that Especially it, with, it, it fits better with the the tone of her unbeatability going forward. It, it's especially weird to me because it's with science and not magic. And that also gets me, because we, it's a machine. Oh, we don't really see that much magic magic. Magic from... girdle, Hercules. But, like, I but mean... All the stuff that the Amazons have at that point... The exception of the, the magic healing the machine. Everything that they do is super advanced tech, uh, telepathy, weirdness. Yeah, but it's just, all tech, and I don't like any of that either. That, so, like, yeah. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> being being completely, honest. I would like the 
them to retcon telepathy. Yeah, it's the <laughs> stupid TVs and, yep. the, and the magic sphere. And I wish the magic sphere was, was an actual mirror or some kind of yep. like ball or something. I don't know. Mirror, mirror, mirror on, on the, the wall. wall. Show me December 7th, 1941. Oh, <laughs> sad. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Sad. Anyways. Uh, and last one. Diana gets shamed for making the doctor stand on her head. Good. Positive, negative? I think it's totally fine to shame yeah. the Excellent. That's Good. Fine. We're all in agreement. Yep. Moving on. So the next story is a circus. Negative. We're never ha- Oh my negative. god. This entire issue. Negative. We're never unhappy. I'm never unhappy when I see circuses because I know fun times are about to be had with stupid filler issues. So Wonder Woman sees that a circus is in town. Uh, also, we will note here that it is Diana as a secretary to Steve, who is already Major Trevor. So she's only had one panel as a nurse. FYI. Yes, she was only a nurse in that first story, and now it is Wait, Diana Prince now? and Major Trevor leave the office. So the proceeds to the circus we find out later are kind of being given to soldiers, so it's kind of like a charity circus, you know, there's some profit, some charity being given out, which is kind of nice. This is stage one of literally every Wonder Woman comic being propaganda. Right. And uh, we see Diana also opts to bring Etta Candy with her and some of the holiday college girls. Who Who's takes Etta Candy? Right. There's no yeah. introduction of Etta Candy in this. Uh, and some of the holiday college girls to the circus to kind of have fun and also bring some and, kids and, and it's do some worth charity. noting that specifically it isn't Wonder Woman bringing Etta Candy, which is what we've seen in all the other cases. It is Diana Prince bringing Etta Candy. Mm-hmm. So there is more of a friendship there than we've seen in the past. Right. So Diana and the girls are taking the kids around the circus to see some of the elephants. And unfortunately, um, the elephants are being handled by some incredibly racist Burmese people from burma if you don't know what burmese is referencing uh, and from myanmar if you don't know what burma's referencing right it's it's myanmar and as they are looking at as they're speaking with the elephant trainer and the elephant handlers the elephant trainer is a blonde gal named elva who works with the burmese men um one of the elephants just keels over and dies and apparently the elephants have been doing that a lot lately and it's I a problem to ask any traveling circus while we're at it how many elephants do they logically have apparently seven more yeah, apparently, than seven apparently more than seven oh, no, no, no. seven have died because you're right it's poor danley she is the seventh elephant that died this week right this, oh this i forgot week. it was this week one a day a it will span. ruin uncle at <laughs> circus what can be killing them actually you know how Think... many fucking elephants can one... Sorry, part of my French. No, a lot. Sorry. That's fair. That's a fair. lot, but I'm going to say this actually might save them money. Transportation, food, cleanup, and you would fire everybody handling the elephants. You this would save them money. One. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. They only need one, but if that many elephants are dying, they could lay off pretty much a majority of the handlers. Yeah, but think of all the negative press. Who are they telling? Everybody who's there, no one's, apparently. Well, no one's there except the handlers. This isn't during the show. Oh, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. So if no one's around and the elephants die, they don't have to tell anybody anything. Yeah, but the show isn't going to be as good. No, but that's different. But you could save mm-hmm. more money and make less money and you'd still come out ahead. Technically true. Yeah. However, um, someone just isn't as uh, upset about this. It's Elva's boyfriend, Dom, who's just like, whatever, screw it, stupid elephants. Who is a Dom? No, yeah, he's like a strongman or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, he's a trapeze, he's a trapeze performer. It but says. his name is 
dumb. dumb. That's true. He's the dominant one of their relationship. He's just not caring about these elephants and just doesn't really give a shit. Meanwhile, we see these guys, uh, Mike Mulgoon, leaning on the Burmese handlers for protection money, and he's saying some pretty racist stuff, and that's not okay. And uh, they beat up some of the handlers, but Steve comes in and he's like, get the hell out of here, and beats the crap out of Mulgoon and his uh, friends. So Steve meets up with Diana, and they're like, wow, the elephants are dying. Uh, who'd be mean enough to poison them? And he's like, maybe Mulgoon? And then Etta Candy's like, um, maybe the trapeze guy, because he doesn't care about the elephants and he wants to spend more time with Elva. So there's this weird three-person mystery thing happening. Good uh, thing we're detectives. Yeah, good Yeah, good thing we are, and they're not, because none of these people are detectives. So thankfully we will solve this. So during the show, while Diana is watching with the children, Elva gets crushed by one of the elephants as it dies from being poisoned, presumably, and Diana goes, oh crap, changes into her Wonder Woman garb, presumably unseen, and jumps to the aid of Elva and lifts the elephant, they get Elva out of there, and Wonder Woman uh, saves the show by just performing a bunch of Wonder Woman-esque feats. She pulls a Superman. She pulls and a it's Superman the same in. sequence of let's just show up everyone. Right. Let's carry around a horse for a while after riding on top of it. Let's wrestle a, a, a lion, lion, throw yeah. it into a cage. It's let's really it's the exact things. same sequence. However, while Wonder Woman is doing a trapeze sequence, someone throws a rock at the trapeze very accurately, I, I might I add. I didn't even yeah. think of that. <laughs> um, and she doesn't really mind because she grabs the trapeze with her legs instead of her hands and saves herself. And it's not really a problem. The crowd goes wild. Right, and the crowd goes wild. And she's just like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, everyone's donating to charities, and one guy doesn't seem like he wants to donate, but Wonder Woman just kind of smacks him around a bit, and he just donates. It's not really important, it's just a kind of a fluff thing at the end there, but I just thought that was funny that Wonder Woman's like, donate, you punk, and he's like, fine. And he gives a hundred bucks. Yeah, which is weird. And uh, Diana goes to the uh, owner of the circus, and she's like, hey, look, we want to get to the bottom of this and help you out because you're raising money for the army, and he goes, okay, do whatever you can, I guess. So Wonder Woman, this is whatever she can, by the way, gets a stuffed (laughs) elephant and puts her and Etta Candy in it because one of the Holiday College girls sells sells them both into it, and they go, all right, cool, Um, now we're a fake baby elephant. I want to know how anybody looking at a stuffed elephant Right. Elephant thinks that's real. So I'm going to say that this is not a stuffed animal stuffed elephant. This is probably a taxidermied dead yeah, baby stuffed elephant. That's fucked up. Yeah. So initially... <laughs> well, they got I th- a lot of dead elephant skin. Yeah, that's yeah. a dead baby. So initially what I, I thought the exact same thing, oh, but I was man. like, that's probably like that. a real dead baby elephant that they just like had filled with sand. And uh, yeah, that here's they the, climbed into. Here's no. the thing: like that's also not how taxidermy works. It's not like you have a hollowed out animal. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Like what did you go to classes for that stuff? And that did, stuff is complicated. Yeah. Did Wonder Woman just go in there with like a melon baller and scrape out everything from the inside, and so that they could sit in it? Apparently, this is weird. Yeah, can we all agree this is weird? Oh yeah, it, it gets weirder. So weird. It gets yep. weirder. So, of course, the baby elephant is now with the rest of the elephants and the Burmese handlers are praying to them because earlier and they Edda said... And wants candy tossed Of course. The she wants candy tossed to the elephant through its trunk, not peanuts. She emphatically tells Wonder Woman to, you know, not go for the peanuts, go for the candy. And uh, the Burmese are praying to the elephants because earlier they say that they believe the elephants have the spirits of their ancestors in them, which is not a weird thing. I'm not sure about this in Myanmar or Burmese spirituality. I know that the Indians believe cows are sacred, but I don't know if, Matt, do you know if this is a similar thing? So two things here. First off, 
is, to my very loose understanding, it is not necessarily a host for the spirits of ancestors, although there is certainly like, hey, elephants are important. I was not able to get like good information just from a quick Wikipedia search, but it sounds like maybe similar to Thailand where elephants are important and are a symbol of are uh, symbolically tied to the nobility and to royalty. I don't know anything beyond that. Well, India also has Ganesh too, which yep. is a big god for them. So yeah, actually, yeah. elephants may be more sacred in India than than in uh, Burmese or Myanmarese. I don't know, Myanmar. unfortunately. I'm probably missing. It's probably just too. Myanmar. Anyways, I'm going to shut up now for re- about this whole thing for reasons that will become obvious later on. But trust me, it gets weird. So obviously, the uh, praying continues to happen, but one of the elephants picks up the baby elephant. And Etta, you know, kind of blows their cover and is revealed that the two women are inside the elephant and the Burmese get extremely pissed off and they say, we're going to take you and sacrifice you for insulting our gods. I'm intentionally not saying anything at this right. point. So, meanwhile, while this is happening, Steve is following Mike Mulgoon and his boys and kind of stalking them from behind. And while he climbs under this tiger cage to follow them, the tiger takes a swipe at the back of Steve's head and just knocks Steve the F out. Also... Um, there is some of the Mike Mulgoon guys now bring some of the Burmese handlers to their car to like rough them up and Steve wakes up, sees this and then follows after them. Elva is now with the elephants and is arguing with Dom who is now arguing with her uncle who is the owner of the circus saying like, you'll never touch her again. Get out of here. And one of the elephants just picks up Elva and runs away with her. And How badly Dom, are they mistreating all of these animals that you have a tiger take a swipe at a guy, presumably not even trying to get food necessarily, not right. even going for the kill, and then an elephant grabs oh. someone and runs. Right. So I've the, never seen an elephant run. So, the, Well, have you seen an elephant fly? Um, <laughs> <laughs> More Disney movies I need to see. All right. They actually explain that because I did the what? Because especially she's, she's mm-hmm. the elephant's trainer. And they acknowledge that at this moment, the elephant is under some sort of spell, hypnosis, who mm. knows what, mumbo-jumbo. Right. I will also take a moment to point out, for my own personal satisfaction, this is the moment where her dress becomes permanently starched. Yeah. Her dress is <laughs> oh, always in the right. same wow, position. Yeah. Always. That, that flared out. Yeah. Always. Wow. It was never right. like that to begin with. That's basically copy-paste. Yeah. Yeah. So... Dom and the uncle are chasing this elephant down the plains of wherever they are, uh, presumably Washington, D.C., because that's where Wonder Woman is. <laughs> the are. great plains of Washington, yeah, D.C. rolling green plains of D.C. And we catch up to Wonder Woman and Etta, who have been brought to some sort of temple with lots of big stalactites carved out into the shape of elephants. And I'm going to say, where the hell is this temple in the middle of Washington? And why does a traveling circus have a secret temple I don't think they do so much as this this was a temple that existed in Washington, D.C. previously. So, they are taking you to this random temple that clearly existed before. They're about to sacrifice Diana and Etta Candy to these elephant gods when Elva is brought by her elephant and they're like, oh good, more people to kill! And they just kind of tie her up with Diana and Etta. So, Sanyan, the leader of the elephant handlers, the Burmese elephant handlers, jumps and starts yelling at Diana, saying, we're going to sacrifice you because this is important to us, and the purpose, uh, this is why we came to the Pacific o- across the Pacific Ocean, is to sacrifice all of you who hold elephants captive. 
and she goes, Ha! That's all I needed to hear. You spoke with a Japanese accent. You're clearly a Japanese spy. And I'm like, that's not... What? No. No. And of course, the elephant is going to step on Diana before she can do anything. But she's like, ah, screw it. Breaks out of her bonds. Pulls up Sanyan. Puts him underneath the elephant that was going to step on her. And he goes, it's true. I am a Japanese spy. Let me go. And I'm like, those two people don't look anything alike. Japanese people don't look like Myanmar individuals. I wish they were as polite as calling them Japanese people. Yeah, yeah they, I'm refraining from using the term that they use purely because it is Let's not okay to a group of people. Let's Jewish American princess instead. Yeah, it's 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 rude to uh, Jewish folks and it's rude to Japanese folks. So we're referring to them as Japanese soldiers or spies. Um, as even in my notes, I refuse to write down the term that they were using. Uh, Wonder Woman proper. even says she hits one a little too hard, and Steve Trevor goes, "I hope so." Yeah, and it's kind of not okay. So yep. remember, propaganda. Yeah, this is very much propaganda. So, um, of course, now that Wonder Woman has found San Yan to be a Japanese spy, Steve arrives. Because he was chasing down Mike Mulgoon, who apparently had made those guys tell them where the rest of the Burmese people were. And Dom and the uncle have arrived. And all of these people team up for America to fight the Burmese folks who presumably, I'm going to say, we are not given any indication as to whether or not any of these other elephant handlers are Japanese. It's never established. Only Sanyan is the one that is said specifically to be a Japanese spy. So, so are these I, other I, Burmese people being hoodwinked by Sanyan, and they're I, just beating up Burmese people? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this uh, once once we feel done with the. I think uh, we're pretty story. much we're done, ready. other than the fact that they just okay. save and Dom and Elva end up together. Here. Yeah. Okay. So first thing that I'm going to go with is it's worth noting that similar to this is very similar in a lot of ways to the batman issue with the crimson idol yes where there were uh white people dressed in yellow skin and in turbans pretending to be uh either chinese or uh, Hin- uh hindu and were those guys actually white guys dressed up like that i know the I bad guy was I they were just fake they were fake You're Hindus. Right. Fake. They don't especially they don't yeah, specifically they don't. say whether or not those guys were okay. white guys dressed up like but, that. But, but the bad guy was a white yeah. guy in yellow face. But one way or another, the key point there being that you can't quite say for sure what of the racism is the writer portraying negatively other ethnic groups and what is hey, the people pretending to be this other ethnic group are hamming it up or playing to stereotypes. You can't quite say, you can't quite tell where the racism uh, starts, or the racism ends and the uh, the shtick starts. Right. However, a couple notes that I have. It is worth noting that while some of the things that Sanyan, mm-hmm. some of the things that Sanyan says here, uh, some of the text that's written, is nonsense. Uh, it is not uh, Burmese. It is not. Uh, I believe Burmese is the term, correct term for the language. It's not Burmese. It is not Japanese. It's there not, is some it's that not Japanese kanji. There is some that is. Uh, so there's some that's nonsense. Uh, you you can see mm-hmm. some earlier bits, but like yeah, right the early, here, the, some of that was was garbage just, in just the beginning when they were uh, Some some of it is also like trying right to look like kanji and isn't. Uh, but there is some that actually is uh, kanji. Like you'll notice right here. Actually, it's not even kanji, and it's not here. Ghana. Uh, so here we've got some kanji. Uh, we've got some katakana as well. Uh, but one way or another, there was enough Japanese written on the page that realistically Wonder Woman should have noticed earlier that it was 
actually Japanese. Yeah, they were speaking a language that was not native to Burmese or Myanmar people. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, what that is is uh, Marston started writing something. Oh, this is Asian. Mm-hmm. And didn't think about where it's actually from. That's unfortunate, uh, but Because none of this true. is actually Burmese script. I've actually looked at it, and it's much closer to, like, the way you see a Thai written Oh, okay. Out. Yeah, m- much sense. closer to that. Okay. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't actually have a good sense of uh, elephants and their true, full cultural role in Burmese society. But, man, like, you've got a, you've got a Kali cult here, uh... In the sense of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. uh, you've got worship of uh, animals. There's a lot here that reads as Orientalism, I think is the term for yeah. the othering of people from East Asia. It's Correct. really bad. Yeah. There's a little bit of bucktooth going on. It's really unpleasant. Uh, but my assumption is that because uh, there are bits where Sanyan is actually speaking or his stuff is written in japanese my assumption is that the entire crew is uh japanese so it's a whole bunch of people it's a whole bunch of spies okay which to be honest if you could get a bunch of uh american sentiment riled up against uh burmese and myanmar uh that culture that would actually be a fairly effective weapon for the for the Axis powers because at that point, keeping the Burma Road go- open was huge because that was how we were helping fund uh, the Chinese nationalists and communists against the Japanese invasion of that's China, right. which right. was a huge deal because that's where you have the Flying Tigers and that's your history lesson. So the, the last little bit of this issue that is completely unrelated to what Matt was just talking about is there's a final panel where Steve Trevor, again, calls Wonder Woman his beautiful angel and asks her to stay. And going back to Matt's retcon point from earlier, she brings up a thing saying she can't. She literally can't. And it's tied, presumably, it's tied to her source of her power. Well, she says Amazon law. Amazon law forbids it whatever that means whatever that means best i can come up with is that yeah uh the amazons are not allowed to fall in love oh because i got some jedi stuff right there (laughs) so the next story in this issue is uh somewhat submarine based and horse based and all kinds of weird cowboy nonsense describe what's happening on the cover diana's jumping off of a brick wall onto a submarine with a different horse not a white stallion because neither of them are going to survive the experience right uh the wonder woman horse hope you survive the experience i'm pretty sure it's a seawall but yeah. regardless, yeah. we see that Steve is getting some information by Colonel Darnell that a bunch of U-boats for the United States have been sunk about 10 miles offshore, and they don't have any information, and he's they're kind of going back and forth as to who might have some info about this, and they decide that maybe the Baroness might have some information. So the Baroness, if you remember from last episode, is the woman who keeps trying to do some weird kooky plans and also had that weird BDSM hypnotize, uh, hypnotizing spy school in a mine. He decides that he's going to take Diana because they've had some run-ins with uh, the Baroness before, and Diana takes some good stenography notes, so she might be useful. So, of course, he bursts into Diana's room while she's looking at her Wonder Woman outfit. She's like, knock first, bro. And he's like, I'm sorry, did I startle you barging in and ruining your privacy? It's like, yeah, dude, this is my house and my room and stuff. What the hell? So they go to the prison. They see the Baroness, they try to question the Baroness using the lie detector machine, and the Baroness just cold cocks Steve in the head with it and breaks it and gets sent to the hole. 
And Steve's like, well, that didn't work. And Diana's like, yeah, that kind of sucked. Can I go on my vacation now? And In the meantime, there's this kid outside playing with his own personal lasso. Right. He's got probably like a little kid's lasso or just a length of rope that he's tying around and trying to lasso his sister. And, and for she's... a kid his size, he is damn fucking good. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. So he's getting in all sorts of trouble because he's lassoing his sister's feet and taking her shoes off and she's yelling at him and throwing her shoes back at him. And he sees a suitcase in one of the rooms, obviously. It's Diana and Steve's room. And he goes, huh, okay. He lassoes the suitcase and out falls all of Diana's crap. And he doesn't look at the Wonder Woman stuff, but immediately gets drawn to her lasso. He goes, ooh, cool. So he takes the lasso and decides to play with it for a while, but surreptitiously puts all the crap back and puts it on to the suitcase. You would think... He would also be really interested in the fact that Wonder Woman's clothes are in the suitcase. But, whatever. And Whatever. Hey, for a kid his age, the fact that he cleaned up remotely after himself? Yeah. Well, he didn't want to get in trouble. It's more that, I think, than cleaning up after a mess. He doesn't, he doesn't want to get in trouble for having opened a suitcase that didn't belong to him. Try to uh, try to tape the glass window back yeah, together. Yeah, it's, it's that. I'm I'm more convinced but that it is. But still walk off with an item from it. Yeah. Well, that's because he's, what, like... Klepto. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> let him... Yeah, he's not perfect. He's still a child. We see the Baroness being led back to her cell, and obviously her guard and, him, and her are having some sort of arrangement where she, she's paying him money to allow her to do some things. And... She presses a button and boom, a trapdoor opens in her cell and we see a bunch of Nazis in this dungeon that is right underneath an American prison. With a backward swastika. Yeah, with an incorrectly drawn swastika. That's really weird to me. They have an American officer, Captain Loyal, who has been captured by them and they're interrogating him to find out some information about where these uh, ships and U-boats are supposed to be and he won't do it because he's just too strong i just love that his name is captain loyal yeah because he's too loyal uh the baroness says all right put him back in his hole and we'll get to him another time she goes back to her cell and is brought out for you know exercise with the other inmates and she demands to be brought to some other location because she doesn't want to be with the other prisoners and sees freddie the little cowboy with a lasso that she obviously knows is wonder woman's after watching freddie lasso his sister and his sister begins to obey his every command so she demands that the guard get the lasso from freddie he does and she is given the lasso, and she uses it to interrogate Captain Loyal, and he gives her the location of the U-boats, so the German planes and the... Oh, no, it is German U-boats, and the American planes destroy the U-boats, and Loyal's body, unfortunately, washes up with all the wreckage, and they go, oh my god, like, what could have made Captain Loyal give up this information? So, Diana thinks, obviously, something is fishy, so she changes into her Wonder Woman outfit, but notices her lasso is gone. Wonder Woman goes back to the prison and sees Freddy playing with his own lasso in the yard. Um, she says, hmm, this kid might know what's going on. And she asks him uh, after teaching him how to lasso and being lassoed herself and kind of playing with him. And he says, yeah, well, I had this other lasso that was really cool. with gold chain and everything. She goes, oh, yeah, where'd that go? And he goes, oh, that guard took it for me. So she goes to find that guard. And that guard just mysteriously just dies. And they believe it's Wonder Woman uh, because she's near his body. And... They capture her, kind of. It's not really clear, but she stays at the prison. Meanwhile, Steve is... Oh, no, she doesn't stay at the prison. Yeah, I think she just kind of hangs out eventually. She hangs out, and she she hangs out after escaping, because she goes back to Steve, and Steve is like, Wonder Woman has some information for me. I need you to stay with me and be on the phone so that you can dictate the notes that Wonder Woman gives me. We have one of these weird comedic circumstances where Diana calls in another room and claims that she's listening in on Steve's call so he doesn't question her. 
And eventually she goes back to the prison and says, hey, uh, I need to talk to the Baroness. And he goes, well, no one goes to see the Baroness. She's in solitary. And I'm going, bro, just take her down to solitary. Like, this, this is, is this winds up being the most roundabout way to get Yeah, to this solitary. is a really stupid thing, but he won't take her to solitary because for solitary is for evil criminals. And she just kind of causes some weird mayhem inside that room. And she goes, do I get to go to solitary now? And he goes, yeah, sure, lock her up. And they put her in solitary. She has like a 30-second riot. Yeah, she riots in the, in the warden's room. And as she's in that room... That's the name of my new punk band. Riot in the Warden Room. She is thrown into solitary and the Baroness finds out. She lassos Wonder Woman and brings her down to her dungeon where Freddy is as well. And she's like, good, now I can kill the both of you. And Wonder Woman can't break out, but she can lift the pylon that she's tied to. And she walks over to Freddy. Freddy helps her get out. She and Freddy kind of escape. But the Baroness flees and Wonder Woman goes to chase after the Baroness. Meanwhile, Steve finds out there is another base about to be attacked. And he meets up with the Cavalry Regiment. Specifically, the 103rd. Yes. Uh, which is an actual unit. However, by this point in time, it had transitioned over to a field artillery unit. Right. So Steve gets with the Cavalry unit. And they're about to go find uh, this uh, German sub base. And they're going to attack it. And while he's with them and they're fighting the Germans, Wonder Woman shows up because she had been chasing after the Baroness, who I guess led her here on foot. Yeah, somehow the Baroness runs through their lines and gets over to the Nazi base. Right, so yeah, both her and the Baroness were hauling ass through some secret tunnel that led out right to yeah, the U-boat okay, base. Yeah, okay, I like that, I like that story. And uh, Wonder Woman joins up with the Cavalry Regiment and they just take out all the subs. Meanwhile, the Baroness gets straight up dead. That's the implication. She's shot. They put a someone puts a bullet in the Baroness, and she she screams "Heil Hitler" as she falls well, into she the water. Heil hit, and we can assume the rest. Right, mm-hmm. and falls into the water. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman is made an honorary colonel for the one hundred third, and uh, everyone kind of goes home happy. So I have a note for this, but you look like you're really upset about something. It's more wildly entertained. First off, she is elected honorary colonel. Right. Which, by the off, unit. By the unit. Like, I don't think that's allowed, Mm-mm. first off. Second off, that means that she at least honorarily completely outranks Steve. Yes, because Majorly. Colonel was above Major. Don't do it, like two tiers. So, my note here is, this story, at least the way it's presented chronologically in the order here uh, in the book, comes before the milk story, where the Baroness is yeah. alive and she was in prison she gets killed in this story and they do yeah. talk about her being dead and the... oh you're right well no they talk about her being electrocuted mm. oh yeah so yeah, you're right so they talk about her being at the electric chair in the milk story my this assumption is... is she's still just kind of assumed dead and if you don't see a body etc et yes but i just find it interesting that at the end of the milk story she's arrested and brought to justice. Oh, yeah. So, she never gets killed in Sensation Comics, but mm-hmm. she gets killed, quotation marks, in Wonder Woman 1. <laughs> so, either this story is after that story, or this story is just now, com- we're in some completely different continuity within the Wonder Woman mags outside of Sensation. I just thought that was interesting. Also, can I have a 30 second rant? Yeah. Alright, so... Over and over, we've seen the uh, the Nazi spies belonging to the Gestapo. The Gestapo was not a foreign spy agency. It was a domestic secret police, which, granted, okay, 
domestic secret police means it expands with the Nazi occupation. At, so you have Gestapo presumably throughout uh, occupied Poland, occupied uh, France, occupied USSR. However, they were not a foreign spy service. I don't know what the German spy service was. It probably was not actually all that good. But why? Why are they referring to the Gestapo? Because, for the, for because those of it's you, the only Britain name that people recognize. For those of but. you confused, it's the equivalent of sending FBI to do secret agent work yes. and not the CIA. And specifically the CIA... sending them into enemy territory instead of into right. countries that you have like an agreement with like Interpol. It's essentially sending an FBI agent to do spy work, which is not okay and not what you do. One does not recommend that. Right. So the next and final story in this issue has to do with Etta's brother in Texas, who I'm so excited to do with Etta's brother. <laughs> Mostly because of his name? Yes! Oh, it's so, so funny. And his entire introduction. So Etta sends a message to Wonder Woman. Um, telepathically. That, telepathically. She's getting the hang of this. And uh, she says that her brother has been injured in the war by enemy spies, apparently. And he cracks his head while riding his motorcycle on the road, but he gets hurt and they send him home, I guess? Um, it doesn't really say. He doesn't look like he's in enemy territory or war territory. No, he's, when he's, just, running. he's just taking a message between, like, bases. Right, he's a runner. So he gets hurt, and they don't... He doesn't have any information on his person, but he knew it all in his head, and he didn't tell anybody anything. So everyone's kind of like, okay, whatever, screw it. And Etta asks Wonder Woman to look into it. She's like, I can't really do that, but I can tell Steve, and that's about it. Meanwhile, Etta shows up to Diana's office... And it's apparently like, hey, they are really good friends now. Yeah, apparently they're really good friends because she was good friends with Diana Prince, the nurse. Well, they say that she was close she with She would her. have done anything for her right. because she was good to her in the hospital. Right. So Diana and Etta are apparently friends now. And Etta says, you're coming to my place in Texas for 4th of July because I want you to come with me. And yeah. And she goes, I guess. Like, I'm not really doing anything. So they go and they take the train there. And Etta and Wonder Woman have a weird body shaming moment. It's... They spend so much time, especially for a comic, mm-hmm. talking about Etta being fat and that being a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not very woke when it comes to body politics, but I I personally really like Etta's shutdown of this. Uh, you know, Etta, you ought to cut down on the candy. It will ruin your constitution. Nuts, dearie. My constitution has room for lots of amendments. Right. Just like, Which is good a hilarious. for you for standing up for yourself. It's also a hilarious politics joke. There's mm-hmm. also, but Edda, if you get too fat, you can't catch a man. Who wants to? When you've got a man, there's nothing you can do with him. But candy, you can eat. I mean, you could get edible underwear, but... <laughs> I don't think they had edible underwear at that point. Uh, presumably licorice. Oh, even worse. Are you ready for Diana's last body shaming note? Mm-hmm. Taking off weight will make you feel better. And besides, it's unpatriotic. To hoard even fat. That's, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. For someone whose whole shtick is supposed to be... The betterment uh, of women. Not even the betterment of women, but uh, being the shining beacon of specifically love, this is not how you do it. Yeah. So, they arrive in Texas, and they are met by Etta's brother, who now we are being told his name is Mint. Mint candy. Mint and Etta candy, and I love it to death. It's my favorite thing. And Mint is a nice Texas boy who, you know, isn't really interested in Diana when he meets her and just says, hi, how's it going? And he's very polite and takes them to the ranch, and he goes to Poncho, who I guess is one of the ranch hands, and says, hey, uh, we're going to settle the horses up and go check out the radium mine. Oh, yes. The ultimate tourist attraction. 
Ye old radium <laughs> mine. The perfect place to show your sister's friend. I don't even know how you mine radium. I don't either, but I'm presumably that's not a good place to be, no! unlike unprotected. No! Right. So I mean it's got the word raid it is like rad. It's a radioactive element. It's, it is it's got not... rad in it, like for radiation, but it's not rad like radical. We see Poncho getting on the phone after everybody goes on horseback. Uh, talking to someone saying, saying, see, see, old mine, muy pronto, which is like it, very soon. And it's worth noting, and we're probably going to talk about this more, but uh, Pancho and a couple other characters here are very explicitly uh, dark-skinned Mexicans. <clears throat> they make it to the radium mine, and on the way, Diana shows her, you know, riding prowess, and everyone's kind of very impressed by it, but they go to the radium mine, and they hear help, help coming out of the mine, and uh, there's a young woman in the mine, and Mint... You know, without a second thought for his own injuries, jumps in the mine to save her. They bring her up, and her name is Pepita. And she tells them that she is uh, being held against her will to dance and sleep with the guy who owns the club that she works at. And of course, Mint falls hook, line, and sinker for this and says, We got to take care of her. And both Etta and Diana think that's kind of cute that he wants to help her. And we see later that Mint and Pepita are getting very close. She gives him a cigarette to smoke while they hang out, and he gets very dizzy. So she's drugged him with a cigarette. I don't think it's like I I couldn't think of any chemical that you could drug someone with a cigarette and it would have these effects where they're dizzy and they don't get knocked out but they still are able to be interrogated because Poncho shows up and interrogates Mint like, and gets the information. Best I could come up with is maybe a hallucinogen. Right. Uh, but I it would be a little bit of a crapshoot as to whether that ends it's a, up being it's a stretch to what it might be truth telling yeah. and I guess Poncho is working for the people who tried to do Mint in on in the war zone as he was a runner and he gets the information that Mint was holding in his head at that time specifically that we are going to invade Japan through the Alaskan Islands right and so that's a thing that I guess we decided to do as Americans in the Wonder Woman universe. Meanwhile, uh, Diana and uh, Etta are going back, or coming back, to see Mint and Pepita, and they see Pepita over Mint's slumped-over form, and Etta and Pepita get in a fight. Pepita draws a gun, shoots at Etta, and Diana blocks it, not in a Wonder Woman fashion, just kind of knocks the gun up, and Pepita, dro- uh, Pepita rides off on a horse. And Wonder Woman and Etta... Uh, Diana changes into Wonder Woman's outfit as Pepita's riding away and Etta's distracted. And she goes, yeah, I sent Diana off to do a thing. I'm here now. And picks up Etta on her shoulders and they run after Pepita. <laughs> it, it is straight up, uh, God, what She's is that? She's uh... it's, it's Yoda and Luke. It yeah, basically is yeah. what it is. And uh, they're running after Pepita who's shooting at them and she gets into a location and like in like some canyons and a bunch of guys pop out with guns and they surrender and get kidnapped. Meanwhile... Steve is being told that they've been that they have discovered there's a Japanese a Japanese base on the Mexican coast and Steve is being sent to investigate. That's pretty much all that is. Um uh, in the cars that Etta and Diana are in or Wonder Woman are in being taken to Mexico, they are Japanese spies. And they just kind of try and kill Etta by dropping her out of the car and I'm like, "Why did you kidnap them in the first place if you're just going to like kill Etta? Just kill her." But Wonder Woman breaks out of her bonds, saves Etta, and they make their way into Mexico, into Mexico City specifically, and they see Pepita is on an advertisement for Matador stuff. And she's just a female Matador, and they're like, huh, okay. So they watch Pepita because they're going to take her after the fight, and she's going to get gored by a bull, and Wonder Woman jumps into the ring, 
tackles the bull and everyone's really impressed by the fact that wonder woman tackles the bull and she puts the lasso around it makes the bull do a bunch of tricks she basically circuses the situation she shows everybody up and pepita's like you saved my life i'll tell you anything you want to know and she tells him about the base and where everybody's going to be so of course one woman 100,000 japanese soldiers it's a lot of soldiers yeah it's a lot of soldiers and like 3,500 planes and oddly enough so when they point on the map it's the eastern half of Mexico. Right, how did they get to the eastern half if they're coming from Japan? That's just a weird thing. And Wonder Woman and Etta tell Steve this information because Steve is obviously in Mexico. She says, "Don't, but don't go just yet. Let me go ahead. And Wonder Woman jumps into the base, lassos the general, gets him to surrender to Steve who has just showed up. And Wonder Woman gets the headline in the paper and Pepita and Mint end up being together in the end and everybody's happy and oh uh etta says hey you know what i lost 10 pounds and uh it sucks give me my candy and that's it (laughs) i don't know you're missing technically two points one wonder woman just straight up hypnotizes a guy to get the information no lasso needed literally it says you're right yeah which which one does she hypnotize she Um, hypnotizes men yeah. yeah, to she, get the same classified information. Right, she hypnotizes Mint, which yeah. technically may be treason. Wonder Woman hypnotizes Mint Candy and learns what he has told Poncho. Obey me, soldiers. Speak. I I told them our division was going to Alaska to attack Japan. Then the Japanese people even say that Wonder Woman wears bonds suitable for a female. So apparently, we're supposed to. And then while Wonder Woman's beating their asses. She actually says that she's going to do a Pearl Harbor. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. (laughs) But remember... I'm going to do a Pearl Harbor. My overarching thing is propaganda. Yeah. Is that a drink? Is that a wrestling move? So my assumption is that it is... uh, Probably not the Hitler is, cure. Yeah, is it the same uh, thing as the no, Hitler cure? <laughs> I, I think it is just a, I'm going to jump in the middle of this and just lay waste. Oh, that would gosh. be my guess. Anyway, but that's that's the end of all four of these stories in the Wonder Woman 1 issue. Uh, it's a whole lot of shaking going on with a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, what are your thoughts on all of this? We would love to know how you feel about this wackiness. Okay. Uh, I know Matt has some feelings. I have feelings, and... It's interesting looking at this kind of stuff uh, as someone who is basically as privileged as it's possibly to get. I am a white, cis, hetero male. As a result, it's important for me especially to almost catalog where things go weird so that I don't make those mistakes. I'm going to go with first uh, some of the bits that are in here and then transition to the real-life consequences of that. Uh, So first... I'm just going to read this because I honestly think that we have sort of touched on things that are uncomfortable, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of brutal truth in simply reading the text as written. So a point where Pancho, first off, wow, uh, could not come up with a more imaginative name, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Pancho is racing to sell out Wonder Woman and the invasion of Japan through the Alaska bases uh and he runs into like a gopher hole and oh line this is, line yeah oh my gosh but there's many a dip twixt a mex and a nip oh my god 
and oh my god i had to sit there and think about what that meant for a good long while until i realized all they were saying was there's some shit happens when between these two people when you're trying to go from one person to another and i'm like no that's not a thing that you can say to anyone about anything in regards to whatever situation is happening 100 percent agreed and i actually made a list of all of the people of color that we've seen throughout this entire series not just this one issue so we have the ostensibly Burmese. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the ver- and the various other uh, Japanese spies. I personally am considering the other members. Agent of, X well, from last yeah. episode. Uh, I'm considering the other members of the quote unquote Burmese uh, group to be mm-hmm. Japanese uh, in disguise. I'm just making that assumption. So you have the various Japanese spies. You have uh, Pancho and Pepita in here. You have uh, three different uh, black folks. And all in service industry jobs, bellhop, yep. uh, uh, baggage handler, and a maid. Specifically, that the Japanese characters are actually portrayed relatively respectfully, but the words that are said about them are, are not. not okay. Yes, uh, Agent then, Agent X, who was the who was the doctor in the last uh, story with uh, mm-hmm. Diana White, um, who turned out to be the doctor um, in disguise, dressed up like a woman. Yeah, and then you've got. Uh, the two Hispanic characters in here... Well, actually, okay, you've got three Hispanic characters uh, in here who actually have lines because you also have the uh, the Master of Ceremonies at the bullfight. Right. Uh, I thought but, he was, like, a politician. I'm uh, not mis- so he is the president of the bullfighting oh, okay. arena. It's, that's, that's yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with the exception of him, who I didn't actually think of, both of the Hispanic characters here are selling out well, selling out America and specifically selling out the main characters as well. Just the the fact that there is one character who is not demeaned, who is a person of color, and that is the president of the bullfight, who has one line. Right, and I wouldn't say that the Afro-American characters are demeaned, they're just not portrayed well, purely because they're not, they, none of them are portrayed poorly None of them they're not made fun poorly. of they're However, not portrayed I would argue com- that the fact that they are all in, in service industry roles and the, and again yeah. it's it's not cool now back then that wouldn't be weird it none of it is necessarily that's the thing that's sickening is that none of this is out of character for, for the 1940s and, and so i'm actually but going now to follow it's up not okay one. yeah so i'm going to follow up with something that did happen in the in real history uh so Many of you may know about the Aleutian campaign in the Pacific in World War II, uh, which wound up being, you can't, there were enough people involved that you can't call it an anticlimax, but certainly not a huge theater, but 144,000 American troops, I believe, were committed to it. However, even before that, in presumably, I I didn't see a clear motivation, but presumably out of the same reason that the better-known Japanese internment happened, the native residents of the Aleutian Island were evacuated and interned, and as potentially as many as 10% of those interned died during captivity. So everything that happens in Wonder Woman, in Batman that we've seen, in Superman that we've seen, does not look at uh, people of color. It doesn't portray people of color. And when it does, it portrays them pretty negatively and poorly. And that's the consequence that we need to keep in mind is that then people who look like me do things that kill people who don't look like me. Right. So I... It's also important to remember, again, these people were not trying to do it 
to be at least mm-hmm. to our knowledge they were not trying to be malicious but this yeah. was the way it is and we're pointing this out in an effort to educate everyone so that uh this doesn't happen again yep that, that's I more so what we're there doing is never again right it's more it's not so much condemning so much as reprimanding and trying to give constructive criticism to people who are dead and you know can't change this <laughs> but you <laughs> know for that. anyone for anyone who is currently writing or trying to think of ways to write your own comics or do anything like that remember that there are Ways to do this and ways not to do it, and I think that's what Matt's getting at. Exactly that. Um, Shannon, do you have any further notes? No. I think How'd I you feel about this? This is still far from my Wonder Woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... I think the only bonus to this Wonder Woman versus our previous Wonder Woman is she doesn't seem as motivated by Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. And doesn't seem as reliant in the stories to even have Steve Trevor as a major part of the story. I'm curious if that was a note that his wife was just like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, sorry, I thought this was good. What are you doing? Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I can do better. And she's like, you better. All right, so I did some more thinking, and I think I actually came up with something that's been bugging me this entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually, this is the perfect point to go into it, because... Really, the start of the first issue sort of lays out, or the start of the first story of this issue sort of lays out a theoretical mission statement. Specifically, we have Ares, or Mars, you take your pick, uh, sitting across from Aphrodite uh, saying, my men will will conquer by the sword, and she said, she's saying that uh, my women will rule through love. We also have... Uh, there's always that like scrawl at the beginning of every issue uh wonder woman uh bringing uh love and uh compassion into man's world so we have a theoretical mission statement where wonder woman is someone who is conquering through love as a way of putting it i suppose but not just conquering but also converting i guess is the way to put it uh there was a wikipedia article that i read that I thought had one idea that was really interesting that uh, that Marston wanted Wonder Woman to aspire. I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, agape, which is the worship of man to God. Uh, that that is the method by which she would convert people. That she would create uh, a more loving, more tolerant, more helpful, more uh, more loving uh, environment in man's world. And I think that was fascinating because. It also plays into the bondage themes of, hey, inspiring uh, passionate submission, I suppose. Passionate may not even be the right word, but loving submission. Compassionate. Mm-hmm. Where where it is, okay, this person is uh, entering a role where they, are, uh, where they are lowered but raised up and ap- appreciating that, uh, that ethical raising, I suppose. Uh, but here's the thing. As much as there's that idea of almost like Superman style, uh, this person beats the other person and then they convert, they see the error of their ways. No, I'm going to make sure my minds are safe. We don't have that step here. We only see Wonder Woman uh, beating the enemy. We only see the Amazons beating the enemy and sailing away. We never see that moment of conversion it is only the sword met with the sword. We never see the sword met with the heart. We never see Mati with the power of heart. Yeah, she, uh, and good Captain Planet reference. I do what I can. I do what I can. And I think that 
you can almost see you can see pieces of Wonder Woman trying to be this different character and it not coming through. And I think part of the reason that it doesn't is because of the enemy choice. I think the problem you're running into is she's fighting for love, not fighting with love. I think that's absolutely the case. And I think that there that is actually a weakness of this story. It is, I, think you're right. I have written down that love is treated as a power source. I... I, I use six points of love to cast Fireball as a six-level spell. She's a star sapphire. She's not a Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm going to trust you on that one. Yeah. But yeah. as I think part of the reason that we see that is because... I mean, you, you nerds, you nerds, you happy-happy <laughs> nerds. Uh, one, I think one of the reasons that we see this sword-meeting sword that is fighting for heart is because... She's fighting Nazis. Yeah. She's fighting Nazis and she's fighting uh, the really, Empire of the Rising Sun. You don't these really are, want these people to... To be sympathetic at this yeah. point. And that's the thing, is these are not characters who are being converted to the side of good. They're not even turn being uh pulled away from the Nazi orbit. It's not like, oh, oh, that's right, Hitler was wrong. I shouldn't right. be doing this. Versus we Superman just, are just they're mostly Yeah, because the, they're going up against domestic targets, uh gangsters, corrupt people, people who are just taking us uh, uh quick and cheap corners. I think that if we didn't have Wonder Woman coming out right at this point, if they chose a different set of targets for her to fight against, we might see a very different kind of character. Someone who is actually embodying that idea of uh, conquering through love instead of conquering and then in the name right. of love. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we don't see that mission of... We, we see Wonder Woman as someone who tries to bring justice with her when she leaves... Themyscira for Man's World, we don't see her trying to face every situation with love first and foremost. And I think that that's the reason that that whole idea was kind of thrown by the wayside. And instead we have trying to bring a more compassionate justice to the world when she leaves Themyscira. Yeah. I think that the the shape of, of Wonder Woman was very much decided by the fact that we were at war and the fact that we were at war against Nazis right when this came out. I think you're right, yeah. And I think that'll do it for this episode. Our next episode is going to be an interview with Arden Lee talking about mm -hmm. Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. We're excited about that. Yeah. Um, after that, we may have a surprise as to who we're covering for our next hero. But you might find out if you go to our Facebook page and you find out and you follow us and you like us and you look at all the updates that we, we have on there. Um, you can also go to our website, dcdetectivespodcast.com and look for all the visual aids. But for now, we'll see you next time. DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, our Twitter, and our website. We added to a cantina to celebrate the latest allied victory over the most ineffective plans the Axis had ever conceived. But after Matt and I had grabbed another round of drinks, we found that Shannon had ghosted an Irish exit. Her job done, she went off to her next case. Hopefully, we would see her again down the road. For now, though, the next band was warming up, and I think we know the singer.